0: Water Wednesdays. It's Catherine and Allie speaking. We're back for another great day and we're excited for you guys to join us.
1: Yo, 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 it's Wednesday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, we have some good stuff for you guys today. We're not going to do a hot seat question because Allie and I feel like we can talk for a long time just based off of our little pre recording chat that we had. Pre
1: conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we'll just get right into it. Um, What are we talking about today, Allie?
1: Um, So we are talking about the blues, and I'm not talking about a hockey team or a (laughs) period of time that an artist went through in painting. We're talking about when you're just feeling down, when you're feeling kind of crummy about something. We're talking about the blues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like – I don't know, Allie and I were just talking about this, so let's dive into a little bit more with listeners listening, but we think that this is something everyone can relate to in some sense. Um, I do think everyone feels the blues every once in a while, and I guess by the blues, we're talking about maybe sadness, um, maybe sorrow, just being down in the dumps. I mean, Elton John felt it, right? (laughs) I guess. <laughs> <the categories. laughs> um, <Nice. laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so it's like I think everyone feels it, but I do think maybe there's some people who've experienced it or feel it more than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and even between Allie and I, we were talking about this. I feel like I maybe tend to feel blue. Or down in the dumps, maybe a little more than Allie feels? And Allie, I don't know, maybe you can shed some light into that, too.
1: Yeah. um, I don't don't know. I just... Allie, tell us about your feelings and your lack thereof. Um, (laughs) No, but it's it's
0: not a lack of feeling. That's why it'd be good for you to clarify.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, if I may, related to the Enneagram and being an Enneagram 3, I think a lot of times... I can push my feelings to the side to like in lieu of like productivity or achieving or literally anything. So, um, it's almost more of a challenge for me to feel my feelings. So, um, I guess I don't spend a lot of time there because I don't know how productive it is,
0: which Mm -hmm. sounds
1: real weird, but, um, Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that I don't cry and I'm not emotional because I definitely am both of those things and do both of those things. I just don't – this being a topic, there weren't a lot of moments in my life that came to mind where I was like, oh, yeah, I was feeling the blues in that moment. You know, like I I just couldn't pinpoint the memory.
0: Yeah. No, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, I guess I should clarify, too, like this isn't – we're not talking about like depression Um, right or even like hormonal imbalances necessarily or you know mood swings with hormones or whatever like we're talking about like um, something different where it's not it's not debilitating it's not anything that like you know you have to be medicated for or anything because there are definitely those cases and actually Allie and I want to be super sensitive to that too and just say like um, as you're listening to this conversation if you are someone who feels like your situation um, with sadness or depression is maybe a little more serious than what we're talking about. Like definitely we're such advocates for going and talking to a professional or seeking help in that sense. I think there that's definitely a thing. And um, there's definitely like just the makeup of our brain and hormones and everything like that. Like there are situations where you definitely should seek help from a doctor or someone who knows what you're doing in that sense. So we just want to um, make that disclaimer real quick that we're talking about something a little different. And I guess for me, like, I can, I feel like I enter the blues kind of often. Um, Whoa. <laughs> which is, like, kind of weird to say. I mean, maybe, like, every couple months, like, I'll have, like, a day or two where I'm just, like, really down. And Yeah. Um, I know I'm not alone in that cause I have a lot of friends who are like that too. Um, yeah. and actually my, I feel like my mom's like whole side of the family is kind of like that. Like we just are very like very high feeling. Um, we're very empathetic. I think that's something that can kind of maybe open up the door to this experience a little bit more. Um, as I've been doing uh-huh. research, just people who are really empathetic, um, they just feel a lot you, your feelings are just kind of dictating the way you see the world and I think that can be a really a really great thing it can be a gift I feel empathy is a spiritual gift but it also comes with a downside and something that um can kind of pull you down and weigh you down sometimes and so I think that's where the blues come in um and I, there's, there's a lot of things that can get you there, but I think our the focus of our conversation today is what do you do when you have them? <laughs> What's yeah. the solution? What are some things you can do to pull yourself out of it? Yeah. So I came up with six things, and I, it's interesting because I was actually Googling. I think I like Googled um, what do you do when you have the blues or what are things you can do to pull yourself out of the blues, and I really didn't find anything that, was super helpful. Um, yeah. And maybe I think in a spiritual sense, like there were some things I feel like, um, on a surface level that could help, but I really wanted something spiritual that could help. So I came up with my own things that I can share today and hopefully people out there find it helpful. Um, and I do want to like disclaim it too, by saying like for a long time, probably for 23 years, I really rejected my emotions. Like, like I said, I've always been a very emotional person and I process everything in the world that I experience through my emotions Mm -hmm. and my feelings. And I think for like the first 23 years of my life, I just totally rejected that. And I disregarded my emotions. I stuffed them away. Um, I had a lot of anger issues and I feel like kind of more recently, like maybe when I turned like 23 and like really started walking in my relationship with the Lord, like I really started owning my emotions and just acknowledging that, Hey, I'm a very emotional person and I'm not going to stuff these away or disregard them anymore. But now I'm just on this journal, this journey of learning how to handle them properly and healthily. And it's hard. I will say that it's not easy. And like I said, I have my my days where I just hit these low points and I don't always know what to do with it, but God's been super gracious and patient with me. And um, I'm hoping that just by sharing some of this stuff today, can help anyone out there who struggles with it too. So with that said, should I read my six
1: tips? Uh, yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm ready to hear them. I'm actually super excited to hear what they are.
0: oh good because I kind of feel super vulnerable now that I shared all that I'm like crap like I'm just laying it out there but oh well here it is
1: um you gotta do it
0: for the pod and you gotta
1: know that it's gonna help somebody out there you know yeah
0: totally um okay so my number one is find your war room and if anyone has seen the movie war room you'll know what I'm referencing here, but if you haven't seen the movie, essentially a war room is a place, well, it can be a physical place um, in your home or just somewhere in your life where you can go and just pray and get on your knees and talk to God and get vulnerable and um, just bring your request to him. And so the reason I say this is because, well, first and foremost, we should always um, have a war room. And I'm not saying like physically, but like we should always be implementing the power of prayer in our lives because that's what, what fuels us. And that's also what God asks us to do. Right. Um, but I do think that when you're in a state of being vulnerable emotionally, it's, it's just really important to put that at the forefront of your mind. Um, so I know for me, like just this past weekend, I would have said I was kind of in experiencing the blues this weekend, and I, I knew it, and so I said, you know what, I have to be in prayer, like, I have to be in prayer this weekend, I, it's my lifeblood if I'm going to get through this, and so, um, I really just made it a point to, like, if I needed a second, I, just went to my bedroom and I closed the door and I prayed and it actually made me think of Matthew 6:6 um but when you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you um, and then it's also good to remember Ephesians 6:12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and so it was just really helpful for me to realize, like, hey, I'm battling something right now that I can't necessarily see. But if I go to the secret place with my father who loves me, like, he's going to reward, reward me. He's going to pull me out of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's so good.
0: Yeah. So that's one of my first things. Um, okay. So the second one is lay down what you can't own. So I think. What I mean by this one, um, for me, because I am a highly empathetic person, I think it's hard sometimes to sift through what I can change or like what I'm responsible for versus what I'm not responsible for. So sometimes like what can set me into a funk is like relational issues or conflict. Um, And so what I have to do, the first thing I have to do is say, okay, what can I own here and what is not mine to own? Um, so for example, like sometimes I can own the fact that I can idolize relationships. So I can say, okay, you know, where am I seeking human approval in this situation over what God wants? Um, or where am I idolizing this relationship and looking for fulfillment in this? And then I can admit, confess, and own that piece of it. But then, um, I have to let like the reactions of other people or their emotions and what others are responsible for. I have to let those roll off of me instead of absorbing them. And I have to then hand that responsibility over to God and just lay those burdens at his feet.
1: Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It reminds me, I have a friend um, whose therapist always says you can only own what's in your hula hoop. So, you know, you can't control other people's and you can't control things that are outside of your control. So I, I love, I love what your preaching. This It's real good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Please like stop me if I'm not making sense. Cause to me, this all makes perfect sense, but I just, I don't know. I want to make sure this is like coming across the way I'm, I'm I was thinking of it.
1: Right. It's um, landing so far. So good. You're landing. It's great.
0: <laughs> good, good. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, I think that people with a strong empathy, like gift or attribute, whatever you want to call it, I think they can fall into this general feeling of downness a little more, partly because they're constantly absorbing others' emotions and taking them on as their own, like a sponge. And so I think when you're feeling this way, it's really good to examine like, okay, what am I feeling here that really isn't mine to feel? Um, And let me just like shove that over to the Lord. I mean, he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, Right. And so I think, yeah, just definitely like taking the stuff that isn't yours and just taking, putting it away is good. But I also think it's good to like the pieces that you can own, invite God into that work as well. Um, Ask him to help guide you into growth and maturing in the area you're seeking to grow in. Um, And yeah, just allow him to like step into the space with you. But I think like another thing for me too is sometimes I um I'll bottle up my emotions and feelings because I feel like I'm too much for people and sometimes i I'll, I'll even feel like I'm too much for God like sometimes I'm just like, man, like these emotions are so wild, and like there's so many of them that this is just too much like I can't even begin. To go there with you, Lord. But one thing I've been realizing recently is that God holds space for all the emotions of the whole world. Like, do you even know how many tears and like how much emotion that really is? (laughs) Right. Um, And one picture that came to mind was the ocean like, just how big and how vast and how deep and wide the ocean is. And like, God holds all that in the palm of his hands. So, how much more space does he have for? our emotions and our feelings. Um, And I think just recognizing that, like, he wants to take the emotions that we weren't meant to hold away from us. And he wants to tenderly shape and mold the ones we carry to serve him better and to serve the world around us better. Um, And so I think just knowing that and like knowing that you can go to him, he's close to the brokenhearted, he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I think it just allows you to open up your heart to him a little bit more.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, so number three. This one's fun. You'll like this one. So this one's called Go on a Thankfulness Date. So, yeah, I knew you'd like this one. Um, When I was doing my research, I came across an article from Psychology Today. And one of her tips, I forgot the author's name, um, but one of her tips was take your blues on a date. And I thought this was interesting. So she was like, basically, you can't always escape it. Like, sometimes you just have to feel it out. um, And there's not really anything you can do to, like, necessarily change your feelings. But what you can do is recognize that they're there and then go on a date. Like, do something that cheers you up out of the ordinary, something that brings you happiness. So maybe it's going on a walk or going to a local coffee shop and grabbing a coffee, um, taking a bath, anything that's just kind of different that you know will just bring you happiness and joy. Um, And then while you're doing the date, so to speak, sprinkle in some thankfulness. So just in your head or even journaling out, just say all the things that you're thankful for. And when Mm. negative thoughts creep in, just say, nope, I'm going to shove that away and I'm going to be thankful. So mm. basically think of the date as the ice cream and the thankfulness practice as the sprinkles on top. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. And I just liked that. It was like, you know what? It, it sounds like a great thing to do. And it made me think of the verse you brought up last week, actually, in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, where it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you mm. in Christ Jesus. Um, and then I also thought of Philippians four, six through seven, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I love mm. that because it's like thankfulness is going to produce peace, which is going to guard your heart and your mind from all that negativity and all that heaviness, um, so thankfulness is really, really key.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. Gratefulness, too. It's like I, I, we're getting into that time of year that I just get super pumped about because Thanksgiving is coming, and I know people get, like, on their 30 days of thankfulness, but it's really a practice you got to be working on all year round. Um, book drop, book therapy, thought that comes to mind is Ann Boscamp. Um a thousand gifts.
0: Mm-hmm. A thousand
1: gifts? I think that's what it's called. One of my favorites. Like her journey of I think it's more of like a grief journey, but the way that she she writes a thousand things she's thankful for. And uh it's just solid. It's so good. I I gotta I gotta mention that book. It's one of my favorites. So
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. And it's it it's tough. Like I will tell you, like, yeah, this sounds good saying this right now, but when you're actually in the thick of just feeling so heavy in your emotions and almost feeling like overtaken by them it can be hard yeah. to push through
1: you and get that perspective thankful.
0: yeah it, it yeah. Can just, it's just a battle but I think it's a practice and the more you just are intentional to say nope I'm doing this no matter what and you can just repeat scripture to yourself or even if it's just something as simple as like I have fresh water <laughs> like Pour yourself a glass of water and say, wow, I cannot believe that this water is coming out of the faucet at any given moment that I want it to and that it's clean. Right. And
1: and I don't have to walk six miles to get it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like we just have to just pull ourselves like out of it sometimes and it's work, but (laughs) that's what, what, where growth happens is in the work. That's what we're called to do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, so the fourth one is practice assertive communication. Okay, so this one is interesting to me because I feel like sometimes, actually, never mind. I'm not going to even try to express that thought because that's not going to come out correctly. But oh. <laughs> I think it's really important to learn how to express our needs to others without reacting through our emotions. Especially okay. when our emo- emotions are a little wonky. So, for example, um, sometimes I get like this hermit thing going on, um, oh. especially when I'm like having one of these like feeling days where I just really need to be by myself. Um, actually, I had a friend one time tell me that my spirit animal is a butterfly because I have to cocoon in order to like flutter around and be the social butterfly I actually love to be. Um, oh, Wow. Yeah, she's actually super spot on with that, I feel like. But anyway, like sometimes I just need my alone time. Like be, like I've been saying, because I, I have like this empathy and I'm feeling all the time, like sometimes I really just need to like be alone to kind of like unwind and like process through those emotions. But sometimes right. it can be hard because maybe people, we have plans or um, like want to hang out or even like with my husband, I feel like it's hard to express that sometimes. Right. Um, and so learning how to practice assertive communication where you can say what's true and what you need without being super emotional about it. So for example, being assertive is just saying, Hey, I just need my alone time today. Or, um, Hey, I'm feeling the blues today. Can you pray for me? And how can I pray for you? Like just being super honest and, it's, I, f- I felt like it was important to say assertive communication because um, that's, like, communication is different from effective communication.
1: Right. And I
0: think a lot of times in life, like, where we can get in mishaps is when we're communicating,
1: but it's not effective communication. And it's not clear. So, it's not direct. Yeah. It's not. Communication is hard, right? Like, relationships are hard. The worst thing you can do is not be effective or clear in what you're trying to say.
0: Exactly. And I think when your emotions are really like out of whack, it can be really hard to assertively communicate. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because you just, you don't, a lot of times you don't even know what you want. You don't even know what you need. You're just kind of like bogged down in this feeling that you can't even articulate. And so I think sure. when you can just say, hey, this is going on, but I'm going to practice assertive communication and I'm going to, um, And assertive doesn't mean aggressive, so you're not aggressive with it, but it's just calm, it's clear, it's concise, it helps people know your need. What's wrong
1: with you, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can also just care for them better, too, when you're being honest. Yeah. And I I feel like I love it, because it reminds me of Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, or Gethsemane, I always say that wrong. Um, But he is deeply grieving, Because he's about to die. And he invites his friends into it with him. He says to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Um, So Jesus, he knew this feeling. He knew this feeling of being overwhelmed. Now, granted, his reasoning was probably a lot better than most of ours. Um, But he still, he, he knew that feeling. And he invited his friends to come into it with him um so I think that's something that we can keep in mind when we're feeling this too for sure um the fifth one is see your emotions as a strength and so I think sometimes like when you're feeling this way it's easy to be like oh what's wrong with me or like you compare yourself to people who are happy and you're like what the heck like why am I so emotional or like why why am I feeling this way today I should just be happy and like whatever. But I think when you can recognize like, hey, I'm probably feeling this way because I'm an emotional person. And like I keep reiterating, you have a lot of empathy. You have a lot of room to hold other people's emotions. And you actually bless people with that most of the time. And so being able to just be kind to yourself and say, you know what, I'm feeling this way because ultimately this is a strength. I think that will help you. Now, you do have to be careful because there's a difference between wallowing in sadness and lament. And so, um, Allie, I was like bringing this up to you earlier, but wallowing means to devote oneself entirely to something or to become or remain helpless. Mm-hmm. And wallowing is never productive, kind of like what you were saying before. Like, I totally got what you meant about how you were like, I feel like being emotional isn't productive. And it's true. When you're giving yourself, entirely over to your emotions, you're letting them overtake you, and you're sulking in this helplessness, then yeah, that's not where you need to be. Um, But there's a difference between that and lament. Lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Mm. And that's what Jesus did. Like Jesus allowed himself to lament um, when the moment was appropriate for that, right? And so I think Mm -hmm. sometimes if you're lamenting, it's okay. Like, it's okay to sit in that. It's okay to take that to the Lord. Um, but if you catch yourself wallowing, that's when your strength is kind of becoming a weakness at that point. And you have to really do the work to flip that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I yeah, I would definitely say that emotions can be like, it's like seeing, seeing them as a strength, like you're alive, you can feel things, things that other people do to you affect you, it, oh my gosh, I just realized it reminds me of, um, the letter in Stranger Things that Hopper writes, like, spoiler alert, I probably won't try to spoil anything, but he talks, like, Hopper talks about how the first two seasons, he's, like, in a cave, and then 11 is, like, what brought her out of the cave, or brought him out of, like, the cave of emotions, and it's, like, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with people, like, really just proves how alive you are and, like, real you are.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, especially if you're someone listening to this and you're, like, I relate more to Allie than to Catherine, like, I don't really experience this, but maybe you know someone who does. Maybe you know someone who's maybe a little more emotional and gets down in the dumps sometimes emotionally, Um, and I think, like, just Seeing it that way, like, um, for for example, um, I have a friend who she said her mom is pretty emotional. Her mom's an artist. Mm. And she was like, sometimes like my mom's emotions really bother me because I don't get it. I don't get the the mood swings. And she was like, but I finally realized that that's just part of her process. Like she has to kind of feel the lows in order to create and in order to express yeah. and in order to be who she is. And she was like, when I finally accepted that about her, I it didn't bug me as much. I just kind of accepted that as her process and just how she functions and um, so I think it can be good to maybe realize that like hey you know yeah I don't understand fully why this person acts this way but I can understand it when I see that it's just part of their strength manifesting in a weakness for this moment and it's just kind of how they work now it doesn't mean you don't challenge that person I think a very loving thing to do is to challenge people And I love um, the people in my own life who don't let me get away with wallowing. Like sometimes I am wallowing and I need someone to say, hey, there's no real reason for you to be so down today. But if they do it in a gentle way and if they can acknowledge that my feelings are real and at times burdensome, but they can say like, hey, why don't you go take a nap? Or I can tell you're down in a How can I help today? Like, I think even just that goes a long way. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. Number six, identify what helps you stay out of the funk. Um, so maybe something you can ask yourself is what helps me to stay out of the funk? Or if you don't know, maybe say, um, what is normally going on in my life when I start experiencing the blue? So maybe you can start seeing a pattern or making a connection. Um, yeah. I know for me, I've already mentioned this, relational things are huge. Like if I have an uncomfortable Conversation with someone or a conflict, and it doesn't go well, that can set me into a tailspin sometimes. And again, that's something that step number two, um, I have to figure out what I need to own and get rid of that, what I don't need to own. But another thing um, that I've identified is structure really helps me to stay a little more balanced emotionally. Um, Ah. And I kind of like to think of my personality type as water. Um, like I'm pretty free flowing. I'm like, I'm deep, but I like, I don't know. I'm just an easy, going person, but I feel like without structure, if not in like kept in check within Control. the parameters of some kind of container, I'll sort of yeah. run and spill all over the place until eventually I thin myself out and run dry. Um, so in order to stay structured, I really need accountability that can act as a sort of container. So accountability is huge for me. Um, And so for example, like I actually, um, so Anthony's home because he's studying for an exam he has to take for this new career path he's taking. So he's actually not working right now. And I feel like it's been like really good for me because it's someone home with me cause I work from home. So he's here and it kind of holds me accountable to like structuring my day a little bit more. So it's actually been really great. Um, but it doesn't have to be like stagnant, like a fishbowl structure, but I don't know, like even thinking of like a running stream or a river, like let's be real, even that has riverbanks for a reason, or like the ocean has the shore and the tide to keep it held in place. Um, so like I don't know, for me, just structure is really good. And like, I can't really have structure a lot of times if I don't seek out accountability because that's just not my natural bend. Um, so sure. accountability is huge. And then I think even just going with the analogy of like a river, um, for me, it's key to stay connected to the source of flow. I think that's all of us. Like we can't keep going unless we're connected to our source of life, with it, which is Jesus, his word, um, life-giving practices, Um, like prayer and reading his word and being involved in community and serving. um, Those are all things that are going to keep us going and keep us in the flow.
1: Yeah, that's so good.
0: So those are my six um, practices, so to speak. I'll recap them real quick. So the first one was find your war room. Second one, lay down what you can't own. Third, go on a thankfulness date. Four, practice assertive communication. Five, see your emotions as a strength. And six, identify what helps you stay out of the funk.
1: All right, I love it. I think those are really good. um, I think those will definitely be helpful, you know?
0: I hope so, yeah. And like I said, if you're someone who experiences this and like feels really deeply like myself, um, I hope this helps you. And if you know of anything else that really helps you, like let us know. But even if you're someone who maybe doesn't experience this a lot, hopefully this will maybe give you some insight into people who do feel these things. Um, Allie, do you want to share some of the stuff you were saying about the movie? I feel like that stuff was really good.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So when Catherine and I uh, first got on the call, one of the things that came up when Catherine was sharing, like mentally for me, was the movie Inside Out and um i don't know if you've seen it it's a pixar movie and by you i mean um but sadness is a character in that movie who is actually super important um there's a lot of times where joy is trying to like cover up sadness or not let sadness do anything but um catherine i think you said that the premise of that movie is really if you lose an emotion or you lose one of those characters in the movie you're really an off-balance person so I think it is really important that we experience all the emotions but, but Catherine again like you said that they're experienced like in a balanced way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep yeah, I completely agree um, and another thing that helps too like Allie when we were texting a little bit we were talking a little bit about how sometimes confidence can relate to this too. Um, Mm, and I, I do think it definitely is a key factor in it. Like I think, um, when we know our confidence comes from the Lord, um, and when we're not trying to seek, um, fulfillment elsewhere, whether it's in other relationships or, um, even just in the feelings, like, you know, I think when we Mm. can find our confidence in, in God and who he says we are and the promises that he speaks over our life. I think that can really be a real mind shift and a heart shift too. Um, mm-hmm. So I know for me, actually, I'll, I'll note this, but I have a really good devotional. It's um, by Joyce Myers. And it's called, I think it's called the confident woman or something like that. Uh, right. but it's, it's really good because every day it's just like um, scripture pertaining to confidence. And then it'll, of give you a little pep talk for that too so I think that some days when you're feeling low and down like really digging into um where your confidence is coming from is really helpful too
1: yeah well and I think it fits nicely with like your first point which is like have your war room I think though like speaking those truths over yourself when you're feeling blue really realizing that like God made you God made you that way you know like he made emotions like you said about the ocean he can hold all of them like it's good but of course there's a down you don't want any wallowing or unproductive in your you know
0: totally yes I completely agree it's so good and like even just reaching out to people like like Allie who maybe like don't have days like this which is not a bad thing like it's not and, but, and it doesn't mean she's not emotional. So like using her strength to be able to, um, stay productive and not let, you know, this emotion of sadness, like overtake the other ones. Like it's really helpful to like, know what friends you have there like that in your life to be able to like reach out to them too. And just be like, Hey, can sure. you like speak some sense into me or like help me see this no. differently because I'm viewing it this way and maybe you can like see it from a different perspective. So I
1: think that's also really good. Yeah, that is. I love that. Um, I also pulled this scripture. It's uh, Ecclesiastes three eleven. I'm going to read it the ESV version. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in a man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has been has done from beginning to end. Um, and just this idea of like eternity in our hearts, like we're all longing for something, um, like we put our eternity in our hearts so that we're longing for him. We're longing to be with God. Um, but I just think we all, um, we all deal with that differently, right? Like we all do different things in order to fulfill, right? The longing or to deal with the longing or to feel the longing or avoid the longing. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there as well. I just like, yeah, it's written about in the word too.
0: That was a really, really good verse to bring up. I think that's so true. It's like, you're right. We all were born with a God-shaped hole in our hearts. Well, good. Well, listeners, we hope this is helpful. If you can relate to this, please reach out. Um, I think one thing like Allie and I are so passionate about is just not feeling alone. Like we're all in this journey together. We're all seeking the Lord together. We're all trying to grow together. And so if you um, related to this at all or have any like helpful Tips or things that have worked for you, things you want to share, like, please email us, um, or let us know what you think, but before we close, we did want to touch a little bit on 2 Thessalonians, because that's our book of the week, um, Mm -hmm. Allie, what do you want to share about this book?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I like, listened to the whole book on the way to work today, um, because it's rather short my commute is only about 10 minutes so if you have 10 minutes you could listen to the entire book if you're feeling so up to it um Catherine I'm really glad you referenced uh first Thessalonians and uh the verse from chapter five that we talked about last week because I think the first chapter of second Thessalonians is like you guys are doing a great job you know like Your faith is growing exponentially. We're so grateful for you. We're telling other people about your faith because it like, what does he say in uh, chapter one, verse four? We boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring. So like this church, this is a letter that Paul, Paul, Silas, and Timothy wrote. Um, because this church is like going through some things, you know, maybe it's the blues. Let me just try and relate that. But I, I think it's a bit more serious. It's the, it's persecution. Um, he writes about it also in like the second chapter that there are like people um, there that are saying like the second coming of Christ has already happened and really just giving some false teachings that are making the people there like doubt and not have hope. Um, so that's really what this letter is to encourage that, um, you know, letter from Paul is a big deal. So Paul says, Hey, you guys are doing great. We're bragging about you and other people. Um, remember what it was like when I was there and what I told you. And, um, he gets into the second chapter about the man of lawlessness, which is like the Antichrist and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's like holding the Antichrist back. So it's not going to be it's not out of God's control, right? Like it's, you know, it's going to happen. The day of the Lord will happen, but if you're a believer in Jesus, it's going to be for your own good, right? You're going to be with God at that point. So fret not church of Thessalonians, you're, you know, it's going to be fine. So, um, yeah. And then the third chapter is about like praying, pray for us, um, that the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it's happening with you. Um, and also there's a warning against idleness. Catherine, did you want to read the verse we pulled for today?
0: Yes. So second Thessalonians 313 says, as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Um, mm-hmm. and I really love that. I feel like that's like a common theme of what we really talk about and like stress in this podcast is just like, like, don't give up. Like, the road is hard. It's toilsome. Um, but the reality is like, we weren't made for this world. We were made for our heavenly home. And so,
1: um,
0: just never tire. Like, you know, you're here. The kingdom is here. The kingdom lives in you. Um, so you don't have to like, be like, well, if I'm just going to wait for the day I die and end up in heaven, it's like, nope. you can access it now. You can access it here today. You can make this world a better place through, um, the Holy spirit that's working in you to do God yeah. good. Um, and so don't grow tired, just keep persevering, keep, um, getting through it. If you're going through a heavy, heavy storm today, um, if there's just, if your emotions are heavy and it feels like a storm, Like that storm is going to stop. The rain is going to subside. The clouds are going to part and the sun is going to shine. Like always, always hope in that it's going to pass. Like the hard things will pass. And so the more we just persevere and don't get tired of doing what's good. um, Another day is going to, going to come and there's going to be a light that shines. So don't give up on that. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just something I just wanted to. Yeah, and, no, and I love the that.
1: Combo with, I love that. It's like Little Orphan Annie said: "The sun will come out tomorrow."
0: Exactly. <laughs> I love
1: that. Yep, and then uh, if I may, just on a lighter note, uh, the message translates, uh Second Thessalonians three eleven is friends don't slack off in doing your duty. So, in case you were curious, what the message said.
0: <laughs> love that. Yeah, don't slack off. Keep going.
1: <laughs> you I got this.
0: Yeah. There's that truth talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Good. Well, this has been fun. I do like, feel like we need to end on a
1: light note. Okay. Here, here's like a hot seat question or like how you consider yourself. I would say I'm a fairly optimistic person as well as would you say you're optimistic, pessimistic? Where do you fall on that scale?
0: Oh my gosh. I don't see. I don't but, know if sure I've ever been able to identify that because I feel like I'm optimistic with certain things and then I'm pessimistic when it comes to other things.
1: Mm, okay. So, we don't have to dive into that, but I just felt like it was light, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I can, you're, you're definitely like it's not. Light. Right. You're like, it's light until I have to put myself on a spectrum and exactly. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I am. I'm probably 50 50 cool
0: but anyway have a great Wednesday um Allie this is fun we'll talk soon and in the meantime friends stay watered
1: dun dun nah.
0: bye